Well, good morning and welcome here. It's good to have you here today. Today is a fun day. Um, as you're probably aware, today is our Harvest Missions Festival. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're, uh, you guys got the memo that we're starting a bit early. That's good. My guess is that we'll have a few people wander in at 1030. That we went as public as we could, but um, some will probably show up and that's great. So the ushers know to just be super hospitable at 1030. And uh, so we'll just, we'll just roll with that. My name is Luke. I get to serve as the pastor here, and it's good to have you here. Uh, let me just kind of explain a little bit about today, since today is a little bit different. Uh, so today we have a guest speaker, Ricky Sanchez. Um, he's a missionary out of Thailand. I'll introduce him a little bit more later on. And uh, so he'll be sharing with us this morning a little bit about missions and what's going on in Thailand. After the service, uh, we're going to head over into the family center. We're going to do a meal together. We had an amazing team of volunteers working like crazy. Uh, there's fantastic food prepared. Everything looks fantastic. Uh, you're all invited. It's completely free. Uh, for people who show up at 1030, bring them along too. Drag in and kicking if you have to. And uh, we're going to enjoy a good meal over there. And uh, then we're going to hear from uh, Ricky some more. And then the plan is to be done by 2 o'clock-ish. So um, that's kind of the to let you know. Um, uh, there is a, um, in the afternoon, we will have child care in the nursery. And so if you have little ones or you yourself just can't sit still, there will be something for you to do in the nursery. And uh, that's about it. Um, and as some of you are aware, we're having two offerings. Uh, there will be one this morning. That will go towards local church stuff. Okay, so if you showed up with two checks, the small check is in the morning. All right. Then, in the afternoon, we're going to have another in offering, and that's going to go to Conference Ministries. And uh, Joanne and I, and John and Helen and I, we were just at the Central District Conference, and there's some neat stuff going on. We heard about church planting, and youth, and uh, missions, and ministries, and Tabor Colleges, and churches that are thriving, that uh, it's just miraculous, and other churches that are struggling. So, uh, it is, it's a gift to be part of uh, a larger team, a larger family, a, a larger organization. And so we want to just be a part of that. So this afternoon, the offering will go towards conference ministry, and that's, you know, a roundup on those checks by a lot. Um, I think that's it for uh, for announcements. I'll pray, and then we'll, we'll carry on. Heavenly Father, thank you for such a good day. And God, today is a day of celebration. Um, Lord, we celebrate the harvest, physical and spiritual. Lord, we, we celebrate uh, just a season of thanksgiving where we intentionally take time to be thankful to you and for family and for friends and for all the ways that you have blessed us. Today we get to fellowship as family and as community and as the body of Christ. God, today we get to hear stories of your church and your spirit working around the world. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to all of us here whether it be conviction or correction or encouragement, or maybe some people need to give, some people, maybe some people need to go. Um, God, we just want to open ourselves up to that and say, yes, Lord. Uh, we don't even know what the question is yet, but we just want to say, yes, Lord, um, before you even ask it. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much for this time together. Amen. Please stand with us. Feel free to raise your hands to worship the Lord. Give him all the glory and praise. We welcome you here. 
serving internationally. We pray for them. Pray for Jennifer Goosen and for the students that she works with, that she would teach them how to be bold in their faith. Pray for Kenny, Peter, and Miller as they seek ways to, to interact with their city. We pray for Jason and Nicole, Lord, that you would raise up leaders to work alongside them. We pray for Paul and Sarah Rogas that you would bless and protect their
forward. Uh, I'm excited to have Ricky here today. Uh, Ricky and I have known each other for many, many years now. Um, it, you know, if you if you figure sort of actual hours spent in the same room talking to one another, it's really probably not that much. Uh, but Ricky and I have co-labored for years. Um, Ricky and his wife Karen, along with two other families back in the year 2000, said uh, we want to go to Thailand, we want to go as three families, and we want to make a 10-year commitment. And at that time, for MB Mission, it was brand new, that, that concept, that model, it blew everyone's circuits. And uh, today, it's the standard model. I mean, really, anything outside of that is kind of looked at oddly. And uh, so for years, I would train Trek teams and then ship them over to Ricky and let him deal with the mess and the fallout. And uh, he would host them for months at a time and disciple them and pour into them. And uh, all the while engaging in, in church planning uh, in Thailand, uh, he and Karen are a very visionary couple. They've seen a lot of miracles. They've seen a lot of heartbreak. Um, they have fantastic stories, piles upon piles of stories. Um, he's going to share with us this morning. Um, as you, some of you are going to walk alongside him down the hallway, and some of you are going to get to sit by him at the meal. Let him eat nothing. Um, just bombard this man with questions. We will send him a to-go box of food. He can eat later. Um, just, yeah, just keep him talking the, the entire time. 
such delightful stories. So uh, I am, he's a, a, an in-demand speaker, and so I'm thrilled to, that we get to have him uh, be here and, and share. So blessings on you, Ricky. Brilliant. Thank you, brother. All right, if you can put those slides up, we'll, we'll show you a little bit of my family. And I'll explain why I brought this out. One, one reason is because I'm a basketball coach. I'm actually currently the chaplain at Taylor College for the men's basketball team. 3-0, and ranked number 20 in the nation. And all the teams they've beaten have been above them in, uh, in division. So doing really well. So we'll talk a little bit about that and what we're doing. Um, yeah, it's like uh, Luke was saying, we have a, uh, a nice history together. And it started with MB Mission. So I want to bring you greetings, first of all, from the church in Thailand. And in Thailand, we speak a different language. I grew up, uh, people often ask me, so what's your background? Um, can't really figure you out. And I don't see, I don't think any other uh, Latinos here. So my background would be, uh, I was born in California. My parents, uh, my dad was an immigrant from uh, Mexico, and my mother was born in a small uh, town in Texas, uh, right near the border. So I've come up with a term because I've been part of the Mennonite since 1988, the MB. That's the first church ever. Uh, I got saved at Southern Pacific College. I was on a basketball scholarship there. And uh, my wife, uh, she called it missionary dating. She said she wouldn't date me until I became a Christian. So that's what kind of got me to Bible studies, to be honest. She had nice legs, so I just kept following her. And whatever God will use, right? So it's all for His glory. So, I have come up with a term, I am a Mexonite. So, that's what I am. And I love history, by the way, and um, I, w- I wish I would have majored in history. I majored in social work and minor in Spanish. Then I went to seminary and graduated from there, or MB Seminary, which is now part of it's called Southern Pacific. But I love history, so it, nowadays you can look it up really quick. Henderson, by the way, is one of my favorite players of all time because in 1981, I was a bat boy for the Oakland A's. got a few more championships still, but we'll talk about that after. So the Oakland A's, um, they had a guy named Ricky Henderson, because I've always loved Henderson. Uh, and then I looked up a little bit of your history here, and you got a rich history, and I think you know this history, but I love this. Like this, this even this Harvest Mission Festival, you got a lot of years. I don't think I've ever uh, had the privilege of speaking at a church that has done this for like a lot of years. Uh, I don't know if you've missed a few years in between, but really cool to read some of the history. Um, I'm one of those guys that take selfies, so right before the service, I walked out just to get used to this cold because they said, this is not cold yet, but where I'm from, our winters are 75 degrees, so this is cold for me. So I got, you see my jacket and my hood and my gloves um, that I've been wearing this whole week. I don't know how you guys do it, <laughs> but uh, so I just took a little selfie out there, sent it to some people. We have this thing called 2020 Movement, a bunch of young people from Tabor College. About 40 young people got together about a month ago and just prayed, and, and we had a great time of fellowship in a, in a little church out in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. And uh, at the end of that, people really were sensing God was calling something more. And for them, more meant, uh, what if God would call us, these young people, all in college, uh, to somewhere like Thailand? Uh, so our kind of catchphrase for MB Mission, I've been working with for 20 years, 15 on the mission field, and I work in uh, some MB churches. Um, we say we want people to go locally, nationally, and globally. And so a lot of these people are actually considering globally, which means overseas. And so um, 
we prayed and we had this great time, three days together, good speakers. My boss, Randy Friesen, our, our general director, came down uh, for the event. And at the end of it, they said, what if we did something like Team 2000? That's what we were called back in 2000. Uh, what we wanted was a bunch of families to go to a place like Thailand. Uh, and that's where we ended up. And to go where there was no church. And we started with a 10-year commitment. And they said, what if we said it was Team 2020? So by the year 2020, we would send another group like Team 2000. And we want to outdo Team 2000, and we want to send 10 or more. And that's pretty heavy when you think about everything from right away our CFOs at our, our, our mission start thinking dollars. How are we going to get that many people out there? Um, and then we start thinking how we're going to do that. But God is faithful, and uh, there's a lot of need, so you're going to be hearing about that. If for nothing else, all you remember is how to greet and tie. There's Thai restaurant in Henderson. I bet you there's not yet. But next time you go to York or Lincoln and you find that one Thai restaurant, um, you can say this. I'm going to teach you how to say one Thai phrase. So I'm going to have everyone stand up really quick. Real fun here. You're going to learn some Thai. So in Thailand, we don't uh, shake hands. And all I'll say about that is there's not a lot of toilet paper in Thailand, and I'll keep it there. So I'm glad we don't shake hands. So you're going to put your hands together here. It's between your nose and your chin. It's called a Y. And you're going to say, if you're a lady, you're going to say, so what the Thai? And as you say that, you bend your head just a little bit like that out of respect for the person you're greeting or shaking hands, but it's called a Y. And you say, so what the Thai? So what the Thai? So try that, women. Okay, good. Men, you get to say something fun in church today. Uh, you say, so what the, boys are going to like this. So what the crap, you get to say crap in church, sorry. But so say, so what the crap. Okay, so now here's the fun part. You're going to turn to your neighbor and you're going to greet them with your phrase. We really respect our elders in Thailand. So if you ever come to Thailand, raise your hand if you've been to Thailand. Anybody here? Oh, you always have a few person. Good. More than I thought. Great. And I'm going to invite you at the end of this to our, our uh, 25th anniversary of MBs in Thailand. Just like you have your history here, we have a little history there now. And also it will be a 10-year anniversary of the orphanage this year. You've seen a little video. So, um, And then you'll know how to greet people there. So when you greet, we really respect our elders. So if you come and you have any gray hair, we're going to be like this to you sometimes. So you'll like that. And I think we've lost some of that in the U.S. with our younger generation. Hopefully we can get some of it back. But So the younger person has to greet the older person, and you have to make split-second decisions, especially in church, on who's older and who's younger. But the younger person always greets the older person first. So try that with your phrase. You're having too much fun. So Thai is a tonal language. So I'll uh, tell you what you really said afterwards. Some of, you, some of you blew that. So what are we doing here? We're on a study leave. I'll just keep it really short on what our family is doing here. We've lived in Thailand for 15 years. We're, we're teachers there two years before we went with MB Mission. We've actually lived in the country for 17 years. Um, 
and we decided after 15 years, our mission grants study leave. So we're going to look at working on a PhD and make a long story short, Tabor said, why don't you come teach at one of our courses? And so we're teaching world religions at Tabor. My wife and I teach that. And so uh, my daughter plays basketball there. She's on the basketball team. And we thought, great fit. We needed a break. And uh, I know small towns now. Like, I still can't believe you guys leave your doors unlocked. I was like, I got some stuff I got for Christmas, Luke, in your car. You need to lock that. He goes, we don't lock stuff here. I said, you don't understand. You need to lock that Christmas gift. I'm from Oakland, so if you don't know anything about Oakland, most people just pass through there. You don't stop too long in Oakland, and you lock your doors there. So, uh, so it's just been—it's been a good thing for our family because um, we realized we just needed that. If you saw us in Thailand, if you've been there, um, we're on the phones all the time. We're going. We have two vehicles, so we go, go, go. And it's been really good, just even to see my wife. She's the founder and director of our orphanage. It's been good for me to just see her sleep in the morning. been good. Uh, rest time in Hillsboro. I don't know if you guys have this, but they have this thing, and I didn't know, because I was excited. I'm, I love to talk to people, meet new people. So everyone waves there, and I realized it's just kind of what they do, and they called it the farmer's wave, and I was like, what's that? So the first time somebody waved, they just kind of went like that, and I was like, oh, okay. So I gave them two fingers back, <laughs> so... And I get all excited because I think they're wanting to talk, so I'm rolling down the window, and they keep going. I said, okay, I got this now. It's just what they do here. You just kind of do the finger. You maybe look at them and smile, and then you keep going. So I'm learning all this new stuff from small town. My girls are loving it. All, all the whole family's together. And so we also, like I said, doing chaplain for the basketball team, and that's uh, we're going to see a video. Actually, if you get the video ready, the bigger deal. Uh, we're going to show a video on what happened this summer, uh, and it's a really exciting thing because uh, on the cover, how many of you have uh, some tie to Tabor College? Like you're, you went there, or well, that's quite a few, um, or maybe you sent a, one of your kids there. Tabor College, uh, great place. I went to Fresno Pacific, kind of a rival MB school. We're both MB schools, but Tabor College, the newest magazine, has uh, this guy we're going to talk about. Lance Carter. Just texted him this morning. You got to understand. A year ago, exactly a year ago, he was a second-year sophomore there. Big recruit. He has family ties. He's got a, a really cool family ties. His one brother played in the NBA. Uh, Butch Carter. He's now in the front office with the Raptors, Toronto Raptors. His other brother is Hall of Fame football wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Chris Carter. So he's got these two brothers. And somehow we got this six-four point guard, that's big for a point guard at any level, and he's really good to come to Tabor. Well, a year ago, he was partying, smoking all the time, and that's with cigarettes, and really didn't care about that. He was there to play basketball and looking to play overseas, at least at the very lowest overseas. And so God got a hold of him. So we're going to just show you, is the video ready? Okay, we're just going to show you this four-minute video, and then we'll talk a little bit about that.
there's a kid who was really headed for destruction. Um, and he probably would have graduated barely. And uh, the good news is that God got a hold of his life. God is in the business of transforming lives. And uh, Lance started a Bible study on his own. See, I'm the chaplain, so I kind of, you know, can push a little bit. He came to me and he says, Hey, Coach, what do you think about a year ago, didn't know Jesus. And uh, they got 33 scholarship athletes on the team. They had a JV and a varsity. And uh, about 20 of the guys are coming. About 10 of them are believers. And God uses everything, but it just happens to be that Lance is their best player. He'll be on the All-American, you know, if he doesn't get hurt or whatever, but he's led them to three games and scoring already. And uh, they're really good, too. They could compete for, I think, a national championship this year. But more than that, it's like God knew um, this kid needed to get out of his comfort zone, see something in Thailand that was different. Because uh, he had seen Christianity in Tabor. He'd seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there are some good things happening in Tabor. Don't get me wrong. They have good chapels. Um, they have a lot of good Christian uh, professors there that are challenging the kids. But he needed something more. And, and basketball was kind of the agent that got him out to Thailand. So we offer that trip every two years. So in 2017, we were still again, and, and Lance has already talked about going back as one of their captains and leaders kind of for the team. So that's Lance, um, and uh, it is a bigger deal now, as the video talked about. And so follow them and follow them online. Uh, they, they're a fun team to watch, and God is doing something behind the scenes that people don't often see. Uh, they always pray before the game, but he said, hey, how come you only pray before the game? Win or lose, we should pray after the game and thank God. And so they started praying after the game now, too. So that's, I think it's going to be challenging the coaches, which coaches are Christians for sure, but I think it's challenging them a little bit in their faith to, to walk with God closely. So we're here for 10 months. We've been here for about three months, and uh, we'll be heading back in June, and we can't wait. Thailand is home, and our kids would say the same thing. Like, it's great to be here, but we can't wait to get back. If you have your Bibles, we're going to switch gears here and just read a famous passage that you're all familiar with, uh, the Great Commission in Matthew 28. I'm going to start reading it. And if you can find it, it's in Matthew 28, 18. You might have a different version, but here's what this one says. As Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, that passage obviously has been read probably for a lot of your mission events here. And that was one of the first passages that I memorized as a kid as a, a new Christian. So I was 18 years old when I became a Christian. And uh, one of the profs that helped uh, in my discipleship at Pleasant Pacific said, I think God's got a calling on your life. Never had heard what this meant. Uh, didn't know what that word calling meant. And so we began to talk. He says, I want you to memorize this uh, uh, passage, this verse, these verses. So I read it. We started talking a lot. And, uh, and then the rest is, is history of where we stay. So... What I want to tell you about is talk about uh, people groups in Thailand and around the world. So, 
give or take, there's about 200 countries in the world. If you look at some places, they'll say about 196, others will say a little bit more. Out of those countries, there's 16,000 people groups. So people group is a culture. Like the Mennonites at one point were a people group. Now there's fractions all over, but they're still considered a people group. Um, so in a place like um, the video that I saw in Pakistan, they have over uh, 400 people groups just in Pakistan. So they're not all Pakistani. There's different tribal groups. Uh, Thailand has a bunch. Uh, U.S. would have a lot of people groups. So there's 60,000 people groups. Out of those 16,000 people groups, 7,000 are considered UPGs, which in the mission world means unreached people groups. Okay, so you got 7,000 out of those, so not quite half of them, but almost half of them. And what UPGs mean, a real simple definition, is any people group that has less than 2% Christian witness. So believers, the Bible, churches. So less than 2% have an evangelical Christian witness. Those 7,000 people groups represent 3 billion people. So currently there's about 7 billion people. So almost, just under half, are still unreached people groups in the world. Out of those 7,000 people groups, 3,000 are unengaged. So UUPGs, unengaged, which means not one Christian in their people group. So, I don't know what that does to you, but that, that's just, just hard to believe still in our modern day with all our technology. I just told you, I, I just took a picture and I sent it to Lance and Tabor, and he got it immediately and wrote back. Like, within a minute, he said, I'm praying, tell them I'm praying for them. And here, we still have 3,000 unengaged, unreached people groups. There's no church, no witness, no missionary. Out of those 3,000, 95% of those unreached people groups actually go back up to the 3 billion people. So 7,000 people groups. 95%, there's a window we used a lot in the 90s and still use it today in mission settings called a 1040 window. It goes across Western Africa, all through Asia. And if you did a window across there, 95% of the unreached people live in that window. Thailand is in that window. And here's the part that's shocking to me as a missionary, but also the reality. Out of all the missionaries in the world, only 3% of the mission population work in that 1040 window, where 95% of the unreached people live. And so, hopefully that's a word to us to continue to pray, and we'll talk a little bit about that. The word in this passage says go. Actually, a better translation in the Greek would be as you are going. The assumption is we're already going as believers. So we're not just go, okay, maybe I'll go. It's assuming if you're a believer here today, that you're going. And going doesn't have to mean Thailand. Going could mean Henderson. But you're going. You're doing something that is going to be discipling, baptizing. The nations. Now, the word ethna means people group. So, in this, that word, all nations, ha ethna, means all people group. So, even the people group in Henderson, that's a people group. There might be more than one, I don't know. 
being used just like on the side of the road. And so he says, you got to go pray for my friend. And I, we've lived in this community for about 10 years. It's a, it's a fisherman community called Hanasulau. We planted a church there. And so he says, my friend, he's been my friend since we were little, he has the other crutch. So they shared a crutch because it was different legs. And he had a form of polio. So they said, I want your Jesus to heal him. It puts a lot of pressure on people if you're praying, right? You're just thinking, okay, God did it. But what if he doesn't do it for the second one? That's at least how I thought. So I got to be in on the second one. I didn't do the first one. And we all go and we pray. Long story short, there's two crutches on the side of the road now. These guys have grown up in that community. Everyone knows them. I didn't know them. Everyone knows them. And now they know this one story. And guess what God does with that? People are asking questions. People are saying, I want this God. If God can do that to these guys, who we've known have been crippled since they were little, then he's real. And God continues to do that. So we see these incredible stories, and we see them firsthand. And yet there's still those times where there's hard times. And you go, okay, God, good we have those stories, but what about this guy who keeps cheating on his wife, yet he's a Christian, and he walks away again? What about this kid who's on drugs? Why can't we just grab him and, and get him back? And so it's God promises he'll be with us always. I'm going to shift gears here, and um, we're going to show you what God is doing. If you want to go through the pictures here, let's flip through them real quick. Um, in Thailand, we have lots of elephants, so if you ever come uh, and you like elephants, we'll get you uh, we'll get you an elephant hug. That's what we call it there. So uh, go to the next picture. This is uh, Ganiga. You're going to see her in the video. She used to be uh, sell drugs and was in charge of a brothel. And now she's the, uh, my wife's right-hand woman, and she runs the orphanage with my wife, and she's in charge of one of the homes. And this is at her baptism, and that's my wife, Karen. Go to the next slide. This guy here, was he had the three major vices. Gambling's big in Thailand. He's a fisherman. Um, he was hooked on uh, drinking, and he was a uh, philanderer. He was cheating on his wife, and his wife is actually in the picture here. And so he, it was interesting with his baptism. He went down really deep, and usually we ask people because a lot of Thais can't swim. They're not taught to swim, even though they're fishermen. So we, we said we can, you know, dunk you, and, and, and we can hold you and bring you back. He says, I want to go deep. And so... He went like, usually, you know, it's a quick dunk and you back up. He went for like a full second and a half. And we were like, should we go pull him down? You know, should we get the divers in there and go check if he's okay? Because he went down, he wasn't coming up. So finally he comes up and he just comes out of the water because he's a set free man. And I said later on at the, at the fellowship time where we ate together, I said, I just got to ask you, I've never seen somebody go that deep. He just said, I thought when you just had so much sin, you got to go deeper. And I said, there's a sermon illustration there. And so that's him coming out of the water, and he just jumped out like a cannonball. So go to the next picture. We'll stop there, and we're going to show the video. And remember this little girl, Oom, because that's Oom when she was 11. And uh, we're going to show you a video. It's an update at the, of the Abundant Life Home, and I'll just share really quick. Um, so we've been open for about eight and a half years. Uh, my wife founder and director of this orphanage. We have 35 HIV kids. Um, much giving like these kind of Sundays has helped our orphanage. And, uh, and, we, and we're 
very thankful for that. And you've come to visit some of you who've come, and uh, so you've seen it. So we have five homes by law in Thailand. We work with the government. We can only have seven kids per home, and so we're almost maxed out. But we love it. We love what God is doing. God is beginning to raise up a generation of the throwaways of Thai society. See, if you were born in their society, Buddhism thinking, it's reincarnation. If you were born as a lot of our kids were uh, children of prostitutes. So if you were born as an orphan with HIV, plus your parents are who they are, if they're working in that industry, you are the lowest of the low. So what their thinking would be and their thinking as far as life is concerned because it's reincarnated. You must have been something really bad in your last life to get to this. So the next life hopefully will be better. So when we come in, we said, no, here's our worldview. And we can talk to government. We actually have at our grand opening uh, in 2013 for the orphanage, we had 100 people from North America come. At, the, at our grand opening, we had the chief of police, we had the governor, we had the mayor. And so we got to actually preach right in front of them because we said, this is our worldview as Christians. Each of those children who were born with HIV and who might have had a bad start to life, they're created in God's image. They've never heard that. Like, wait. They understand kingdom because they have a king in Thailand. You're telling us that you can have a relationship with the creator of the universe? That's too hard for them to believe. They're like, but then what speaks to them is our kids. Because they've never seen an orphanage like ours. And there's a lot of orphanages in Thailand. There's some really good ones, but the government ones, if you've ever been to one or if you've seen them on TV, they're pretty sad. They'll have cribs with kids that aren't being washed, dirty diapers, uh, stuff all over the place. And uh, our kids you'll see in the video, they're pretty different than that. So the governor said, we're actually today, and he said this at the grand opening in Thai, we're ashamed because you come all the way from your country and you're giving up your time, your effort, and you're doing it better than we do. We can learn from you. And we got to witness and share why we do what we do. And it's because of the grace of God and what He's done in our life. And we can do that. So let's go ahead and roll the video and then we'll kind of close up our time.
look at Mexicans were inside, so they figured if they didn't want to get ill here, it's too cold for them. So that's why I brought my towel. And I told you that about the sixth time I've seen that video. And you have to understand, uh, little Ulan, we got her when she was 11. Her, um, Stop at that first picture there, there, the one before that. Yeah. So that's Un there on your right, and Duan on your left, and then that's my daughter McKenna. They're all about the same age. They were 11, so that's about four years ago. And we were doing, uh, uh, we always do, once a year we do all the kids, and we go to like the little beach bungalows, and uh, so a lot of kids that we've just gotten in that year, it's their first time to the ocean. And so Un was one of those. So her mother was across the street. She got a full-blown AIDS um, image. She got it because she was born um, born with it. And so I remember her seeing the ocean. We were going to go out and, you know, play in the ocean. And uh, she had never seen it before. And she thought it was just a small thing. She had heard about it, but never saw it, never saw it on TV or anything. So she just stood in amazement. My daughter and her were walking. They're like best friends. They were walking together, holding hands, and she kind of just stopped and she said, and I, and I was watching all this from behind them. I was walking behind them, and I heard her say, wow, that's big. And then she goes, you've never seen the ocean? My daughter, McKenna, said that. She goes, I think it's the first time I've ever seen it. Is it scary? And she goes, come on, I'll take you with me. in the ocean, had a great time, and uh, for some reason, uh, four years later, she got involved with the wrong crowd, somebody was at school, and this little 15-year-old saw her body, and, and uh, it, was, it was very sad. We thought we lost her. We thought she was dead. We hadn't heard from her, and God says, I'm with you. give up hope, but there was a point where we thought that might be the last time we see her. And we went, and we had happened to have a guy from our mission that day. He was a media guy, so he had the camera all the time, and he got all these angles, different sides, cameras, so all that was live footage. First time we've seen her in months. And uh, she said, I'm ready to get to the house. And so this little 15-year-old now in a safe house, a long ways to go for sure, and you know, we know God's got her in His hands right now. And we're praying that she'll just uh, you know, continue to be discipled in this safe house and walk with Jesus the rest of her life. So let's get to the challenge here. You want to go? Uh, I think I had a few more pictures of her. This is them playing in front of the orphanage, um, and then go to the next slide. So that's uh, that's one of the girls' homes. Actually, it's about two of them, actually. And so Un was in that picture. She's in the top, the second one from the right. And uh, and uh, other little little quick story you might have heard is uh, Bing Bing. She was in the video. So she was actually the, uh, and we'll probably watch that video in the next segment. Um, in the week. Some of you might have seen that. That was a very uh, well, well-received video. But uh, same thing. Uh, a child of a prostitute, 
a quick trailer. Someday she's going to be a doctor. She's really smart. She's the smartest kid in our whole state. She does her little uh, dough and her compete. And she had to get tested to get into a private school. We, we, we don't have the budget for private school, so we, we prayed and we decided we had family talks. And the boys who are our first class, can we go to the next one? That's it. Okay. So, and you know, I know God answers prayers because uh, Nebraska won last night, so I know he's, uh, he's a good God. So, so here's the things that we can do together when we think about missions. To help you're not feeling down like, well, you know, they're doing some great things, but that's, that's not my thing. Like, God didn't call me to Thailand. So here's the good news. Here's the three things we can do. The first thing is pray. You have some missionary. I always go and check the mission board. You got a bunch of missionaries back here that need you to pray. And better yet, with technology, send them an email and just say, we're praying for you. You don't know how many times I've been praised by on those days where we go, God, are you really here? And he says, I'm with you always. You get an email and you're like, thank you, God, I needed that. So take one of those prayer cards. I got some prayer cards. We want to pray for the orphanage. We got bookmarkers on the tables um, and pray. We can all do that. The second thing is to give. I'm speaking to the choir. This is short. You guys are giving. Keep giving. Keep doing these Sundays for mission specifically for those 95% that never have heard about Jesus. Those people out there that uh, need the gospel. And we need people to go and share the gospel. And we're also training up nationals now so they can do it. So we don't always need people from North America. We still do in Thailand. We feel like we still need a core group of missionaries because some of the Thais aren't ready to go or they're not uh, they don't feel like that's their calling, so we're still getting missionaries to come, but we're training more and more to go uh, uh, to, to go to uh, Thailand specifically. So going for you could mean this. you got a Wednesday night thing that's happening right here. People from the community are coming. They might even be your neighbors. That's where you go. You sit with them. You know, that's my story. If somebody wouldn't have shared their story with me, I wouldn't be here. It's very simple. It's they loved on me. They invited me to things like these Wednesday night fellowships. And here I am. So I'm encouraging you, maybe you're not being involved yet, or, oh, you know, I'm tired on Wednesday. I encourage you to go to those. And that's the start of how you can go right here in Henderson. For others, it might mean your co-workers. You might have, you work at a school. You might work at a bank. You might be a farmer. And some of the people working with you, your co-workers, don't know the Lord. I call it the moment of of no return, there's that moment where you know I keep the surface wise and we just keep talking about farming or banking. And then there's this critical point where sometimes they ask you well, how you doing? And you can kind of go to that next level. And you can say, so have you ever been to church? Maybe that's a starter. Can I pray for you? If you hear somebody say, you know, it's been a rough week. And it's that moment of no return where we can go and actually God can use it. Because I don't live here. I'm not, I'm not going to go to your people. It's you who are going to go to those people. And maybe someday they'll come here or wherever God calls them to. So you can go. That starts with Wednesday night or other areas where you reach out to your neighbors. You've been a Christian and live next to people maybe that don't know the Lord. Maybe now's the time to start praying for them and really start to share uh, what God means to you in your life. And you'd be surprised what God and the last thing I'm going, I'm going to invite you to, is that October 2017, we're going to do the 25th anniversary. So for some of you going, and Luke and I prayed about this, he 
we've got twice as much space because I was just feeling like God was saying two people from this congregation are going to go overseas someday. I don't know if God's been tugging on your heart, come talk to me. Maybe if you're younger and you're thinking, maybe I should do this. Maybe God is calling me to come play with lights high on. He said four. I was like, yeah, at least that's But hey, we'll take four. Going might mean, for starters, doing a vision trip. We do vision trips to Thailand. We go and see all our work. We get, we get you know, pumped up and we say, yeah, you know, I want to get more involved with this. Either praying or giving more or maybe going, bringing a short-term team. The 25th anniversary of MVs in Thailand will be October 2017. We'll get a year in advance notice uh, for you guys to, if you're thinking of going. We want representatives from all our MV churches. I mean, that's got to be a lot. But for our grand opening, we had over 120 come from North America. So that was, we, we want to double that crowd. And then you'll meet our Kamu, you'll meet our orphanage, you'll meet all our MVs in Thailand and other countries around. And I didn't even share this with a quick note. Did you guys know in Laos, as we've been going, and it's all nationals, on paper in North America, which includes Canada, Mexico, and U.S., there's about 70,000 MV members, like people who say they go to MV Church and they're members. Now, I know there's a lot of visitors who maybe haven't become members, so that number could be higher, but it's about 70,000. In the last 10 years in Laos, just through our MV work, and we're just a piece of the puzzle, there's other great ministries happening that work specifically with this Camus tribe, uh, so that's how we started in Thailand, the Camus tribe. There are today 80,000 We don't publicize that too much, and we never share names because they've been persecuted. In the next segment, we're going to show you some of our persecuted pastors who got put in prison. And uh, be ready. I'll wait till you finish reading because there's tortures that happen in these countries. And uh, they haven't lost their faith. If anything, they just increased their faith. And it's really cool to hear what God is doing. So they're going in Thailand now, and they're reaching their nations all over Southeast Asia. And that's part of my job. I'm actually the Southeast Regional Mobilizer for MB Mission. So I work with all those countries. And I'll actually be going back to Thailand. Can't wait. A week from now. Actually, four days from now. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, and, uh, and the great food. And to see all our, our friends and family there. And the missionaries too. So, so we're going to end. At, I'm going to call the worship team back up. And we're going to end. Uh, I'm going to pray. I want you to stand. We're going to do something probably a, maybe a little out of your comfort zone, but we're going to pray Thai style. And I will say that most people in the world, because there's just more Asians in the world now, they pray this way. So actually, you're praying the wrong way now. So you can pray, and if you can't get up, that's fine. Just pray where you're at. And here's the way Thai style prayer is. You guys all pray out loud at the same time. You've heard a bunch of names and stories. Wherever God is leading you to pray, pray for missions, for giving, or give them insight where to give it all. You've got a lot of things you can pray about. You're just going to pray out loud. And I'm not going to feel comfortable unless you pray a little louder than you're used to. So pretend you're praying out for the whole service, but now everyone's doing it. Okay? And then I'll close. Can we try that? And then the worship team will close it. All right? Let's try that. Go ahead and pray.
here in just one part of the world. We know you're moving, God, all over this planet. We thank you, God, that you're the same God. You said you'll be with us always. You're the same God that's healing crippled and bringing orphans that would have been prostitutes into your kingdom and lead many to you. You're the same God right here in Henderson, Nebraska. Thank you that we can reach out at things like the Wednesday night uh, meal time. We can reach out to our neighbors, our co-workers. God, thank you for people like Uden that remind us, God, that you're in the business of transforming lives. Thank you, God, that you brought that little beautiful girl back. We know, God, she needs you. And many are stuck in that trade, Lord. So we pray even today, Lord, you bless your son. Thank you, Jesus, for this church. Thank you for the leadership of this church. Thank you for the new missionary, Lord, that you're going to send out through this church. We believe it in faith, God, that you're going to do it. We love you, Lord.
ready for uh, this afternoon to transition into the kind of the next phase. A couple thoughts. Some of you still have college ahead of you, and so you have some kind of four-year plan. Uh, that's a horrible idea. Uh, you need to scrap that, and you need to work with some people on a five- to six-year plan that involves one to two years international. Uh, some of you retirees are spending way too much time in North America. Uh, I want to see passports full of stamps, people. Um, you need help filling out that application I'll, for a passport. I'll help you. Um, there's just there's a lot of opportunity out there. As we get ready for the meal, we'll just head down the hallway. We're right on time. Uh, my understanding is that John and Helen will be at the end of the hallway giving you some direction on where to sit. Go ahead and sit down. You will be served. Uh, if you're sitting next to Ricky, don't let him eat. Just pepper him with questions the entire time. Um, and like I said, we had an amazing team of volunteers who have put a lot of work. So if you see anyone who kind of maybe even sort of looks like they helped, be sure to tell them thank you and uh, yeah, for what they've done. I'm going to pray for the meal and just for this next section, and then they're going to sing over us as we head on out. Heavenly Father, no matter where we're at, it is always a gift and it is always exciting to be a part of your kingdom. It's exciting to be a part just to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, whether we serve here or in Utah or international, God, we all strive for that same thing. And Lord, with Ricky, I, I give you thanks for the amazing heritage of this church, but I also pray for the future of this church. Lord, for for two, for four people uh, out here to be uh, to be sent out. Lord, for the way that this church has given financially and will continue to do so. For the way that, that this church um, prays. God, these are not gifts that we give you. These are opportunities that you give us. This is, we, we are not the givers, Lord. We are the recipients. In all of these ways, God, we are the recipients. And so, Lord, we don't pat ourselves on the back, but we say thank you for letting us be involved. What a gift. What a treasured uh, thing that is, Lord. God, we are excited to hear more stories of your church, of your spirit working around the world. And Lord, we just we surrender ourselves and our lives before you. We love you, Jesus, so much. Thank you. Amen. You are dismissed. Let's go.